This is Writing Excuses, Episode 8, Science Fiction Genre. Um, 15 minutes long because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. All right, let's get to it. Uh, talking about the science fiction genre, the first thing I want to talk about is kind of, I want to get into why we write science fiction. Where did it come from? What is it about humankind that wants to write science fiction, that wants to read it? Dan, you want to start us? Okay. Um, no, I, I'm going to start with my uh, quote that I prepared from Philip K. Dick uh, because I just got a Philip K. Dick for, for my birthday. Um, and he says that, uh, that science fiction that and fantasy, this whole genre, is about uh, writing new things and experiencing new things. And he separates them by saying that uh, science fiction is about new things that are conceivably possible and that fantasy is about new things that are conceivably impossible in our universe. Okay. And he makes sure to point out that that's a very subjective line. Yeah. Because different yeah. things are conceivable to <laughs> different Phil people. K. Dick. Yeah, your name was subjective to him. <laughs> What's funny yeah. is that, uh, that that concept that science fiction is about the possible and fantasy is about the impossible was the basis for Larry Niven's Flight of the Horse series in which he wrote a science fiction story about time travel and established that, well, since time travel is impossible, this must be a fantasy. So mm -hmm. Sven goes back in time to get a horse because they're extinct and comes back with a unicorn. <laughs> um, which was it was a brilliant little short story concept, mm -hmm. uh, but why do we write it? Yeah, I think we write science fiction for one of two reasons. Mm -hmm. um, we either are very optimistic about what science can do, and mm -hmm. we are we are telling tales about the the wonders of of science and 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 reason and structured thought, or we are telling cautionary tales mm -hmm. about uh, you know, the coming apocalypse and nuclear energy and uh, giant robots are bad. Mm -hmm. um, so and would, sometimes yeah. we're doing both. Would you say science fiction then is more of a didactic genre, didactic meaning you know, meant to instruct, than, than some other genres? I think that's how it originated. Okay. I think that now we take some of these settings for granted. Mm -hmm. you know, that's taking place on a spaceship. Therefore, yeah. it's science fiction, but the story is about mm -hmm. the characters on the spaceship. So a lot of, a lot of that, uh, that starting point yeah. um, isn't, I, I, isn't I think you've got a good point. I think science fiction really seemed to me, and I've, I've read a lot of the classic science fiction. I, I was, I'm a big lover of the, of the great, you know, even you know, Asimov and Heinlein and these guys and going before them, Wells, and not you, Wells, different Wells. Not me, Wells. Um, and I think the what if was what drove a lot of the early science fiction writers. Um, and, yeah. I love Gernsback's quote yeah. where he talks about it. And the only thing I remember from it was the word that he used to describe it. Yeah. Scientific fiction. Yeah, scientific fiction. He actually appeared on some of the books before science fiction existed. Yeah. He called them sometimes science fantasies. Um, in the early days, it seemed like science fiction and fantasy and horror were all really one genre. The what if genres. Um, and they were all, they would call them romances a lot of times, which romance means something different now. But then a romance was a, a story, was an adventure tale with a what-if element to the it. The original Planet of the Apes book yeah. is mm -hmm. very much science fiction and horror yeah. and with an element of... Uh, oh, the time machine. You can't tell me that's not a horror story. Exactly. Um, and so, you know, there weren't these genre delineations that we have now. What made science fiction start delineating into its own genre, splitting off from horror and, and, and fantasy? Any, guy, any ideas? Well, I think from a, from a cynical point of view, we could say it's when we ran out of new what-ifs mm -hmm. and just said, let's do another story full of spaceships. 
I, I think that's kind of a dim view of it, though. Because yeah. um, I love stories just full of spaceships. Yeah. I mean, come on. And, and so I, I, I think that, uh, that science fiction is still, well, not necessarily a didactive genre anymore. Mm -hmm. It is a very reflective genre. Okay. Um, that regardless of, uh, you know, how it is done and how scientific it actually is, it might just be a Western in space, but it's still intended to reflect some aspect of our society in a way that you can't do in our society without changing a bunch and putting it into space. The, the story that got me first hooked on science fiction was Neutron Star by Larry okay. Niven, in which the main character is hired by the puppeteers to take a ship with an indestructible hull. Uh, this is the this is the piece that you've postulated that that is absolutely impossible. But he gives a nice, uh, mm -hmm. you know, one sentence explanation for it. Because in order for the story to work, you have to have an indestructible spaceship. Yeah. Um, and they want to go look at a neutron star, and the puppeteer tells uh, the hero Beowulf Schaefer. Um, yeah, Beowulf, what a great name for a hero. <laughs> Tells him, by the way, the last crew that did this was killed. You're going because we want to find out what is reaching through our indestructible <laughs> hull and killing people. <laughs> and so he goes into this uh, uh, kind of a slingshot orbit around the uh, neutron star. And halfway through the orbit, he starts feeling a pull uh, on either end of the ship. And he realizes, oh, tides. Mm -hmm. The ship is on a pre-programmed course but the ends of the ship are going to, because of the, the steep tidal gradient or gravitational gradient around a neutron star, um, the ends of the ship are going to experiencing lots more gravity than the middle of the ship. And so he hangs on very close and then remembers the photographs of the, uh, the last crew that was destroyed and realizes, oh, that's why they got turned into pudding down at the end is because they were trying to do exactly what I'm doing and they didn't hold on tight enough. Mm -hmm. um, loved that story and the story is very educational but mm -hmm. that was my I was in high school and that was the first time I really understood tides yeah oh that's what tide means it's not the the ocean going up and down it's the fact that there are things that are affected by gravity differently because of their their different orbits um, this was the story in inherently didactic I, I didn't feel like that at the time yeah. I don't know that Niven set out to Educating about tides. The, the thing, the first science fiction story I can remember reading is Harrison Bergeron, which was incredibly didactic. Harrison Bergeron, you know, the, a dystopian future where everybody who has any modicum of, of um, wit or strength above the norm or above the, the, the base minimum is, is kept back. Um, and, and, you know, that's, that's what got me into science fiction. And, and that, that's Vonnegut, I believe. Um, and... You know, he doesn't even consider himself a science fiction writer half the time, but that, mm -hmm. that story got me in. What's, what's the first you can remember, Dan? Oh, probably, honestly, Harlan Ellison, uh, Repent Harlequin, oh, yeah. the TikTok Man. Mm -hmm. um, and that's still one of my favorite short stories ever. Now, one of the things, this science fiction genre is interesting to me because when I sit down to write a novel, it, I write a fantasy. Almost, you know, every time. It's what I do. But when I sit down to write a short story, I write science fiction. Almost every time. Um, I've, only, I've only actually published one, um, one short story. Um, it actually hasn't come out yet. I've, I've sold it to, to Asimov's. Um, and it's science fiction. Um, and I always wonder, why do I write science fiction instead of fantasy when I'm writing a short story? And I think, for me, the ideas are what drive science fiction and for, you know, drive me to write the science fiction. And for fantasy, it's often the setting. 
that'll drive me. And so, you know, those are both idea sorts of things. But when mm -hmm. I'm writing a cool fantasy, I want to write a cool fantasy that has an interesting magic system. When I'm writing a, um, a science fiction, I'm writing a more nebulous, ambiguous sort of what if. What if this happened to mankind um, sort of thing. Well, okay, let's go back to Philip K. Dick in that same essay that I was quoting earlier. He talks about the difference between a novel and a short story mm -hmm. and says that uh, a short story uh, reveals a character through action and mm -hmm. a novel reveals, um, you know, you, you lead up to the action based on who the character is. Or in other words, Novels are about characters and short stories are about ideas. Mm. And it sounds like that might be why when you write a short story, you tend to be a very idea-based science fiction. Yeah. That's a good, good point. Um, before we, we run out of time, we, we're, we're getting a little bit slim on I want to get into what, what it is, what you need to, to do to write science fiction. What, what elements of writing, you know, you're always going to have plot, character, and setting be important to you. But specifically, what does it take to write good science fiction? Um, in your opinions, as opposed to other genres? What specifically to science fiction? You got any ideas, Howard? Um, you need an understanding of the current sciences. Okay. You need to know a little bit of astronomy. You need mm -hmm. to know a little bit of chemistry. You need to know a little bit of um, engineering. And when mm -hmm. I say a little bit, you need to know this so that what you are building is plausible. Okay. And often you can figure this stuff out by reading the works of writers who are a lot better than you are mm -hmm. and uh, looking at what strikes your fancy and then going out and you know asking Dr. Google about space elevators mm -hmm. or ion drives or those kinds of things. Um, it also helps to understand the subgenres of science fiction so that you can find out okay. what kind of story Let's can of worms on subgenres of science fiction. I think we could do a whole um, podcast on, mm -hmm. on okay. the different subgenres. Let's um, do that. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spin off of what you said there. I think one important thing with science fiction, I think it's much more important in science fiction to know what has come before than some other genres. For instance, um, if, if, if we're comparing science fiction to thrillers or mysteries, um, I don't think... You know, if you can come up with a cool, clever mystery, it's going to be all right. But a cool, clever science fiction idea, you have to check and make sure it hasn't been done a dozen times already. Because if you are yeah. going to tell a cool, clever mystery about a dozen people in a in a locked room sort of yeah. mystery where they keep dying, you better have read Ten Little Indians. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. that's somebody yeah. else's formula. Right. But if you are going to tell a a science fiction story about the colonization of Mars mm -hmm. and you want it to be epic, you'd better have read, or yeah. at least known the existence of, Red, Red Mars, Mars yeah. Green Mars, and Blue Mars by Kim Stanley Robinson. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I personally, I, I think that science fiction requires, personally, I think it requires more of that than some other yeah. genres. Um, I think you need, the science fiction readers, I think, are looking more for the new. Specifically, I guess, if we're, if we're getting into the, the hard science. Um, in, in the short stories, space opera maybe not so much, but I, I think that the, as, as a genre of ideas, you need to know the ideas that's come, that have come before. Certainly, I, th I think some of the best support for that is, you know, the fact that science fiction itself tends to be about exploration and discovery. Mm -hmm. And so, if you're just retreading something that someone has already explored and discovered in earlier books, your audience is not going to be as interested because they want to discover something new. Yeah. Example: um, Corpse Sickles. Um, that's the, you know, people who, who die and are now getting frozen for later on being brought back to life, right? Um, you know, when I was, I was younger, in my early 20s, I, I heard of that and thought, 
immediately, of course, that's a science fiction idea. Sat down, wrote a short story about it. Um, thought I was terribly original, and then discovered that corpsicles are one of the oldest cliches in science fiction, yeah. and everybody has a corpsicle story to the point that, um, we've already brought him up, Larry Niven wrote a book, um, Inferno, about a science fiction author, um, and in like the first chapter he dies and gets sent to hell. But um, before that happens, <laughs> they're sitting around and talking about their corpsicle stories. Um, be yeah. Before they die, just it's such such mm -hmm. a cliche. I had no which clue. is also funny because Niven yeah. told a corpsicle story in mm -hmm. which the corpsicle is brought back and realizes that well, okay, so I paid to have myself frozen, but this society that's brought me back has told me you have no rights. Mm -hmm. uh. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the future. Yeah. Now, now in talking about uh, making sure to always be new, I, I want to mention what I call the Aragon caveat to that which is that you will always have people who are new to the genre. There's yeah. always room for entry-level fiction in any genre. Okay. The yeah. people who have never read a corpsicle story might read yours first and think that it's fantastic. In mm -hmm. which case you should be writing science fiction for the YA market because that's Certainly. where they're doing their entry level. Yeah. yeah. If, yeah. if you're writing Not for to be adults. down on YA, though. I want to be very careful. We, we don't want to I'm sorry. Imply... That sounded condescending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I didn't mean it to. But yeah, if you're going to write science fiction without paying attention to what has gone before, yeah. mm -hmm. if you're trying to write entry-level stuff, you're writing for a different market. I, I do think it's, and this is a can of worms, but I do think it's, um, it's just as hard to write a good YA book as, a hard, as it is to write a oh, good yes. adult book. But one of the things you can do with YA is you, you can count on your readership not having read as much. It's easier to surprise yeah. the reader. Um, but uh, that's a, a thing for another podcast. I think we've done this. Um, let's, let's go next week and talk about subgenres of science fiction and delve into this a little bit further. Um, okay. This has been Writing Excuses. Thanks for listening. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine, archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like... Do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.